Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Views on View. I am Steve Edwards, the host with the face for radio and the voice for being a mind, but I am still your host. Today, we have a very special guest with us. It's Eric Hanchett. Eric was an original panelist on here and is a very well-known View contributor. So how you doing, Eric? Hey, good, Steve. How, how good, you doing? Good. It's good to have you. Just as a little background, uh, Eric jumped on with me last minute after uh, somebody else bailed on us or wasn't able to make it. So we're very glad to have Eric. And also, as we've introduced in the uh, in previous episodes, we also have with us our studio audience today. How you doing, everybody? All right. All right. Good to have them. They always add so much to the recording. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So the reason that we have Eric on is that he is going to expound to us on how Vue is used in his job. So why don't you tell us what you do and who you're working for? I think people might've heard of your employer. So, uh, but why don't you explain just to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, I work at AWS, that's the Amazon Web Services, in what we call the Amplify department, which we create tools for developers to make it easier to use Amplif to use AWS services. For example, one project that, that I work a lot on is something called the Authenticator. So it adds, adds into your website a UI representation of of basically a login panel. So someone can log in, log out. You can do authorization, authentication. You can do multi-factor authentication if you need to. You can sign, you can do, you could do two, two-factor authentication. So it's all built into this library and these components that you can just put on any of your websites. And it supports Vue. I wrote a lot of the Vue code for that but it also supports Angular, React. We have libraries for Flutter, iOS, Android, React Native. So we kind of cover it all. So, and that's just one component that we do this authenticator, but we also have components for storage, for like a chat bot. We have a whole library of, of components, almost like a material UI type library that you can get access to as as well and that's for the react so so there's a whole lot happening it's it's a pretty fun it's pretty fun trying to create products for other developers yeah so looking at the site it's called amplify ui is that so that's the project that this particular thing falls under yeah i mean there's a couple of websites the one that we kind of direct people to is this ui.docs.amplify.aws i guess yep, it'll be in the that's show what i'm notes looking at right now those uh -huh. are listening 
Yep. And that that's the main site for our, our UI docs. So this this is that's it. Okay. So is it sort of like a beautify or bootstrap type of design system slash library, I guess, for visually creating your components? So it yeah, it has a couple of different purposes. So the first is that we have these what we're calling connected components. And these connected components are they directly talk to our Amplify or AWS backend. I keep on saying Amplify, but it's kind of interchangeable for this AWS backend. So that's the authenticator I was just talking about, the storage, chatbot. There's something called Geo, which is a new category we just added in. So if you want to add in like maps to your application, it just makes it really easy to add maps in. So we have all those different categories. But then on top of that, we have a component system, basically a whole theming and component system, which is similar to like Feudify and those Material UI, Quasar, the, that's a more UI central component system. That's and then you get things like from there, like icons, dividers, headers, modals, alerts, links, things like that. It's worth mentioning though to to view to listeners that we are right now React has the whole that whole kind of component library that has like the dividers, the alerts and everything like that. We haven't, we're, we're still in the process. We're going to add it into Vue soon. So you can't get those components, but in Vue, you can get the authenticator, the chatbot, storage right now. So no, so the, sorry, so we kind of So we're kind of in different spots where we're actively working on trying to make it all these different features and all the different frameworks. But right now we were, we have most most of the stuff works in uh, React, and then we have a kind of a subset of that inside Vue, but we're working to get everything inside Vue as well. Okay, so when we're talking about the authenticator, I assume we're talking about authenticating to an AWS backend, is that correct? Correct, yeah. So the, there's an AWS service called right. Cognito, which, allow, which makes it really easy to create users, change passwords. It has a, a whole bunch of features, and so that's what you would you would use it with. Okay, so then I assume, therefore, then it's, you can start integrating with, I know this, there's a storage uh, section, so like if you want to integrate with S3 or other storage capabilities. Right, so yeah, it's, there's, there's a, you can integrate with storage, you can, we have like a data store, which is like a kind of a GraphQL backend. So what I work on mostly is like the visual look and feel of these components. But we do have a, a JavaScript library and a CLI library. So not to confuse it, but there are people that create Amplify sites that don't use our UI library, which I'm talking about, where you kind of we give you like components that you can just pop into your apps. But if you wanted to, you can use the JavaScript library. And the JavaScript library has even more features and it allows you to connect to a whole bunch of things that our UI library hasn't got up to speed up gotcha. on yet. So it, it has even more features as well. And then we have a command line library. So we have like a whole ecosystem of tools and the command line library makes it really simple. So usually like nowadays, if you want to put up some infrastructure, you usually the right way to do it is you kind of have this thing called infrastructure as code. And so you write your infrastructure, you deploy it. It's You can kind of deploy in multiple places. You can have a dev environment, production environment, things like that. But it does take like in that scenario, you have to have someone that's versed in DevOps and has how, how to do everything with that. Well, with the Amplify CLI, with just a few command lines, you can create 
this whole backend Cognito user pool, which allow you to log in and log out. You can deploy some S3 buckets if you need to like store things. You can deploy you can deploy Lambda functions like serverless functions, and it writes this what's what's called it writes the deployment code for you. There's something called CDK, so it does that all for you. So that's that's another kind of feature in this this ecosystem of Amplify. Yeah, I mean, I haven't dealt with Amazon in a while. I know in in previous positions. I've dealt extensively with, we use, for instance, using S3 buckets for storing images with Drupal yep. or any number of things. And I still have nightmares thinking about configuring S3 permissions. JSON objects, <laughs> you know, you have to paste in the UI and if it's not just right, something breaks. So so is this what the tools, like especially the command line tools, is this is a layer on top of that that allows you to do it much more simply? Or am I comparing apples and talking apples and oranges? No, you're exactly right. So there. So instead of having to like learn how to do all these different permissions, you can kind of get a tried and tested, secure, reliable solution out of the box using something like Amplify CLI to generate the scaffolding and basically the whole infrastructure for your app. And however, if you have a DevOps person or you want to look into it, you can kind of break out of that mold and, and you're able to kind of override what it did. So if you have some special use cases, you can write your own infrastructure code to override what Amplify did. But it makes it much easier to to create resources without having to be an expert in like how to like create the infrastructure or be like a DevOps expert or anything like that. Oh, here we go. Okay. So you're on Amplify UI. So Amplify itself, just to step back and make sure I'm understanding correctly, is yep. your tool for developers. I got lost already. <laughs> Sorry. So tell me again what Amplify itself is below Amplify UI. Yeah. So Amplify is just a way we describe our kind of a set of tools that help make it easier for uh, for developers to use AWS okay. services. And then underneath that, so like, for example, easily create your backend, uh, connect your apps, manage users and content, build and then build front end UIs. So it's kind of an all encompassing name to accelerate your full stack web and mobile app development using Amplify products and tools. That's like what we say right on our website. And then through the Amplify, through that, there's a whole bunch of different tooling that you can use. And I work on the Amplify UI libraries, these components that Mm -hmm. we're talking about. But there's things like CLI, which is command line interface. There's there's even something called Studio. So for those of you who don't like CLI, you can create your whole web app, your whole infrastructure, your whole back end using kind of a drag and drop interface inside our Amazon console. And you can be like, I need to add authentication. I need authorization. And then it just generates it all for you. And then you can pull the back end into your app. So we, it's, I know this is a lot for people mm-hmm. who are listening, but it, it is a pretty incredible like ecosystem of tooling to make it just way easier to, to yeah. build your web So apps. it looks like what docs.amplify.ws is the, the framework documentation, if I'm seeing this correctly. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So going back, I want to step back before we step back even further here. You'd mentioned the the JavaScript tools if you want to do something that isn't particularly constrained to view. So that sounds, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds sort of almost like an SDK in terms of calling your methods that would access whatever services you need to do. Is that right? Because it or does it include a render, some sort of render as well? Yeah, the the JavaScript library is yeah. You can think of it like an SDK. It's 
a library for web developer. We have a JavaScript library. Once again, we have different flavors depending mm-hmm. on if you're what framework or what you're, what you're using, if you're an iOS or React or native. But the, basically all the libraries, well, specifically for JavaScript, it's it has a whole bunch of commands to connect to the AWS services. Like I said, like AppSync, which is our GraphQL managed service. There's and there's ways to talk directly to Cognito to sign users up or sign users out. There's ways to talk to S3 storage. So there's a there's a whole bunch of different things it can do. So if you felt like like if you look at the components that I'm creating in through the Amplify UI library and you're like, you know what, I want to create a fully customizable website, but I need to t- talk to AWS services, then you may just go ahead and just pick up the Amplify JavaScript library. And then just write your own components, however you like, and then you can then connect it in to the the library to do whatever you need to do. So we kind of give a lot of uh, layers here, so you can peel back the layers if you don't want to do something. And in fact, the UI, the Amplify UI library itself, like the authenticator and some of the other things I've been talking about, also have a lot of customization. So we tried to we tried to figure out uh, what are common use cases people use when they want to use the, uh, you know, have a user log into a website. So like one common use case is some people like to use two-factor authentication when they're signing in. So we have, uh, we allow people to get SMS messages and that's all built into these components. Oh, some people like to use QR codes and use like an authenticator app. So we support that use case as well. And then we've also looked at other use cases where some people like to try to log in just with like a, a link so we're looking at so we we we're constantly like adding more support for it and making it easier to use as we go on. Okay, yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. So, okay, so let me give you a use case and this was something I was looking at here recently. Let's say mm-hmm. I want to build a website that has an authenticated backend, you know, for administration type tools and then say a front end that has some static content, you know, just a public website right? And then also some authenticated pages. So, and say I want to use something like Laravel and view with Inertia, Inertia JS. That's something that we could set up all through the CLI in terms of some of the backend components, or am I sort of mixing and matching what shouldn't be mixed and matched? <laughs> yeah, interesting. So you want to set up a Laravel backend and you want some uh, static hosting you, you mentioned, and then you want some authentication authorization. Yeah, which would be handled through Laravel with, say, a, a MySQL or Post, Postgres SQL database. Okay. So, well, I'll answer a couple of the questions. So, for if you wanted to host your website on a statically a static host website, we have CloudFront. We have something called Amplify Hosting. So that's definitely mm-hmm. covered by by our services, and it's built into the CLI. So you can use our Amplify CLI to uh, take your website, have it built, be put up on on a statically generated CloudFront site. It can have you can connect it to something called Route mm-hmm. 53, which allows you to have mm-hmm. your own routes and or have your own domain names, and you can have it completely done that way. And so that's fine. And um, the second part of authentication and authorization, having protected routes. So if you wanted to use Cognito. Um, that is definitely something you oh, can I do okay. with Amplify. Okay. Um, that would be like kind of the preferred kind of CLI mm-hmm. way to do it. 
However, if you wanted to like break out of that, we don't have our UI component. The UI component mm-hmm. library supports Cognito. It doesn't support oh, anything okay. else. Gotcha. So we wouldn't be able to use the UI component library. But you could definitely, um, this would take probably a little bit more configuration outside of Amplify, but you can create your own EC2 instance, mm-hmm. which are the kind of virtual boxes that we have. You can set up your whole Laravel site on there. And then you could have your front end talk to the Laravel site. You can that's all doable, and and you you can definitely do that through amplifying in the tooling that we have. And you can even set up AWS serverless, but I think it only supports like Node and Java and Go and a few others. I don't think you're gonna get Laravel okay. in there, unfortunately. So in other words, okay, so it sounds like that might be trying to shoehorn a bit much. In other words, what Amplify is designed for is more using all of the AWS infrastructure for your sites, like a JavaScript front end, you know, that uses uh, AWS for the authentication, Cognito for the authentication. And I'm assuming in Cognito, you can set up roles and permissions and that kind, right? I haven't used it much. Correct. Yep. Yeah. You can use, you set up roles, permissions, all that. And you can, you can, you can do Uh anything really with AWS services. If you wanted just to do it for the hosting and then you use I have no idea. Um, Auth0 for your authentication authorization, you can do that. In fact, you can federate Auth0 and have it work with Cognito if you wanted to do it that way. So there's a whole, I mean, you can do everything. It's just once you start breaking out of the mold, it's going to be more configuration. There might be some things that are outside of Amplify's Mm -hmm. world and how it does things. Okay. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and, in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships, and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. All right. So I think we addressed that pretty well. Let's get back to talking about view in particular, since this is a view podcast. Sure. So and just side note, I'm looking at the uh, the Amplify UI docs. And so, yeah, it looks like you have React, Angular, Vue, and Flutter capabilities. And there's certainly a lot more for React than Angular and Vue in terms of components. So that sounds like that's what you're actively working on, correct? Yeah. In, in fact, for those of you listening right now, we're trying to hire more developers and definitely more Vue developers. So if you're interested in Vue, tweet me at ericch, and I can kind of refer you to the right people or just search our Amplify job site and look for Amplify Vue, and we're definitely looking for more people. But yeah, we, we want to we want to make sure that Vue has the same support as React. Um, we're just, right now, we, we um, just with limited amount of resources, we haven't been able to get every single component on React on Vue, but we're trying to uh, get that more on, this, on the same level. And it's no, and we do have a lot of React users using Amplify, uh, uh, many, many users, and we have uh, more React than Vue, unfortunately. But I guess that's fortunate because they're both, we do have a lot of Vue users as well. Excellent, excellent. 
Okay, so let's go back in history a little bit. So I think last time you and I had talked, you were working for an insurance company and doing Angular, while at the yes. same time you were putting out, you know, your program with Eric videos on YouTube and running courses and <laughs> and I don't know how you did it to be <laughs> honest. So anyway, so I'm just curious, see how you made your way to AWS. Did they come after you and say, hey, you're awesome. We want to hire you. Or did you go knocking or how did you get into doing you at AWS? Yeah, it, it really worked out well. And I'm, I feel very uh, lucky, but also I feel like it took, uh, you kind of make your own luck in some ways. But I, I was able to, I was working at the insurance company. I loved it there and still, I still keep in touch with many of the people that, that work at that company. Um, they're all very, very nice people. And it was a very interesting problem. But my, my friend, uh, Hugh uh, Dillon, who, who no longer works at AWS, but he was working there right at the time at AWS. He had just gotten a job there. And he told me about it. He said it, he, he thought it was great. It was going well. He was in a completely different he didn't even work in Amplify. It was like a completely different department. He's like, hey, you should apply. And I put in an application to AWS and I got contacted by a recruiter that uh, was, it wasn't in Amplify, it was some other, it was like advertising or something like that. And I looked at the job description and it was like a React code base. And the recruiter contacted me and said that, you know, we needed to go through a couple of online questionnaires or something like this and it, i just wasn't interested so i'm like okay i'm, I'm not really interested in doing this online uh, thing and and i no thanks thanks but no thanks and then so i thought maybe that was it and i happened to somehow got referred over to the front end amplify department and then i went through that interview and it uh it was great it was um a really great experience and i was uh fortunate enough to get an offer and and it just kind of lined up exactly what I'm really interested in which is front end um, working in Vue but also having the opportunity to work in React and Angular which is great and I've done that a lot um, so I don't just work in Vue I do, do work in React and Angular and then working on an open source product which is kind of interesting in its own take you know getting paid to do open source is not really common I don't know many too many pe other people doing it other than like, I kind of know like Evan Yu and some really big uh contributors you probably interviewed some of those people on this podcast that do it but it's it's kind of a rare position to get and i was like cool so we're kind of in this this position where it's we're doing open source we're getting paid for it and it was fully remote which was even better and of course this was middle of the pandemic but the amplify department is mostly remote anyways uh so it just kind of all lined together and yeah that that's kind of how it happened so when you when they hired you were you sort of the beginning of their implementation of view within their products? Had that been going on for a while and you just sort of picked it up and ran with it? Or I guess I'm trying to figure out the how extensive the use of view is within the Amazon products. Yeah. So we don't use, I can't speak for all of AWS. I, I don't know how extensive view is used in the other departments because we have, there's so many. It's just such an enormous company. It feels like most probably use React mm -hmm. though, but in the in this department, in the Amplify, they had their their goal is always to support as many different ways developers use and create websites and products and front end technology. So they already had a an implementation in Vue, but it wasn't really Vue. So the older implementations of the Amplify UI library was done with web mm. components. So sort of generic. So there was this idea. 
Yeah, yeah. So there, there was this idea at one point to use web components. That way you kind of write once and then it just works everywhere. But just like in Java, you know, you have to debug everywhere. So that's sort of what happened is we wrote web, they wrote it all in web components. It worked pretty well for most of the time, but it had some limitations. So there was an idea is like, let's go and write this all in, in native format to each one of these libraries. So we're going to natively for React, natively for Vue and Angular. I can't speak to Flutter, iOS, Android, but I think there were some changes there too. So when I got in, we kind of wrote it from scratch, view from scratch. And I got the opportunity too of kind of making some decisions like, do we want to go with the new composition API versus the options? Oh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked at it and I was like, this is, I mean, view three had already been out for a while. And you know, view three's kind of had a long tail um, since it came out and its adoption and everything. And I just thought, you know, this is going to be product that we're going to be supporting for years. And, you know, I think really doing the composition API is the best bet. So I made the decision to do the composition API. And then we were thinking, like, how should, do we support Vue 2? That was like another major question of what we wanted to do. And and it was always kind of the idea is we have, we have the library. If you're still using Vue 2, we have a web components-based library. It works great. People like it. So that's what the old version is. But the new version is Vue 3 only. This is really before there's a library that is called Vue2Me. Vue2Me? That one? No, I haven't heard of that. If I got the name right. So Vue2Me is a tool that creates universal libraries for Vue 2 and Vue 3. And it's created by Anthony Fu. Oh, yes. okay. oh Vue-D-E-M-I. So, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Udemy. Yeah, that's what came up when I searched Vue2Me. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Anthony Fu has kind of already solved this problem in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, he's brilliant, by the way. If you ever want to sponsor a developer on the Vue core team, I would highly recommend sponsoring him and, and a couple of the other guys that are working on it. But he had kind of already solved this problem. But at this point, I was like, we were at this point in my development process when this library came out, it it didn't make sense to try to go back and try to support Vue 2. We, we already support Vue 2 with our older library. So I just focused on Vue 3, Composition API. And then we also had one other question you might be already thinking is like, do we do script setup? <laughs> or do we do, or do we do, do we do like the setup function? So I'm like, let's, I love the script setup. I think it's great. I think everybody should use it. That's kind of what I've been advocating on my, on my YouTube channel for a while. So I went, okay, let's do script setup, Vue 3, Composition API. And then we're even looking at, at one point, like, do we, if there's sometimes when you're as a um, library creator, what kind of, we have to kind of make a decision. Do we use templates? Do we use JSX? Do we use like render functions? And we decided to stick with templates. But honestly, I think what we're going to do when we create the component library part of it is we're going to move over to JSX just because it's just way better than the render functions to do stuff. Uh, I know if people are getting confused now, there's a way you can write view instead of using templates. You kind of use these these kind of crazy looking render function things that returns back create elements. But we, we might we might go to JSX at that point. And that's actually what Vuetify did. Vuetify moved from when they moved their Vue 3 library over, they they rewrote everything using JSX. So that's a little inside baseball. Yeah, I haven't used JSX. I've used the render functions and I still have flashbacks about using <laughs> using render functions. 
But what you're saying, though, is that's what you're using in the tools underneath. It's not what somebody has to use when they're using their components, just what underneath in your library that's creating everything, that's what you're using. Correct. Yeah. So when you create your view libraries, you can just uh, run, you create your view apps, you just pull in our Amplify UI library as like any other dependency, then you can import any component in from there. And that's it. And you just use it as normal and just throw it in your template as however you like it. So we just try to make it easy for it. And you can also import it in as a plugin or you can just import in just whatever mm. you want. Yeah, I had an opportunity to uh, do some work actually this morning with a, uh, a member of the Next core team. And he was helping me with some stuff I'm putting together. And, and one of the things he showed me that was much easier is the setup. How, instead of having, you know, a script and then, a you know, define your setup function, you just use script setup and all everything that it uh, eliminates from your code, certainly a lot plainer and easier mm -hmm. to read. So, or more plain, if that's the correct English. <laughs> so yeah, that certainly does uh, make things a little easier. It's a little confusing when you're used to having, you know, function, whatever, and your parameters and all this, but, but uh, yeah, that's a different road. That's, it's cool. So yeah, you were talking about view two versus three. Now, if I'm if I remember correctly, and I know it's it's sort of considered bad practice to do this, but within view three, you can still use the op the options API, correct? Yep. Okay, so mm -hmm. you don't have to at least in your own components, you're not forced to use you know the composition API. You can use it, although I have seen uh, Evan Yu on Twitter saying don't mix and match. <laughs> you know, don't use some composition with some options. It's not good. Yeah, I'm, I kind of have an opinion on that. And I think I stole this from Ben Hong. And, you know, he's one of the kind of the core core contributor to, to Vue and does a lot of the mm -hmm. education on it. And I, I, I remember him saying that it's okay to mix and match the options and composition as like a stepping stone between mm -hmm. one to the other. So maybe you just have a few things in the options API right. and then maybe and then write the rest in the setup function. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's it's okay to do that. But I'm sure some scenarios can get can get fusing. I, I think the pro, I think the idea behind that was is if you're trying to migrate an app from View two to View three, and you kind of want to start going down the composition API track. So you're like, well, do I do I do a wholesale? I mean, that's a lot mm -hmm. of work. Or do I just do it in in pieces? And I guess you can do it in pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can see that being perfectly useful. And you know, in my day to day job, it's we use mm -hmm. I maintain a huge, I mean, like hundreds of components view application that sits on top of, of Laravel. And if we were to try to do a wholesale conversion from view two to view three, that would take months <laughs> while you're trying to upgrade and at the same time maintain and add functionality. So uh, having that capability to slowly move over will certainly be useful when the time comes and we start that. Are you, are you guys going to are you guys going to move over to view yeah, three? Yeah, at some point. Uh, right now, we're more concerned with Laravel six to Laravel nine. And that's <laughs> going to be a, an undertaking in itself from what we've seen. But yeah, we certainly will. It's just with, uh, we're like you and that we're looking for developers too, by the way, at, at GovExec. <laughs> but yeah, we certainly need to get some more resources to, to be able to do that. But it'll it'll happen, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, obviously, because I'm sure there'll be an end of life review too at some point that we'll have to move yep. over. Yeah, yeah. It, there's so many people still using Vue too, so. Yeah, anytime you have a, a very popular tool like that and you make version upgrades just, you're, there's no way you're going to force everybody to jump at once. It's just it's just yeah. too too time consuming, uh, too resource intensive, shall we say? Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else uh, in terms of you and AWS tools you work on that uh, want to talk about? No, I mean I think we covered it a lot 
it, it all. Yeah, just everybody, if you're listening, just check out the, the show notes and go to the UI docs and you know, hit me up on, on Twitter at Eric CH. Love to talk more about it. We're always trying to find like improvements too. We're always looking through like GitHub issues and our discussions to find out like new features to add and new new ways we can talk to different AWS. Now services. that reminds me, you said all of your stuff, these tools that you're creating are open source as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes. In fact, if you're speaking of which, that just reminded me, if you're looking to contribute to open source, we're, we're definitely looking for contributors. It could be easy as just doing translations, or it could be if you find like an interesting feature you want to add or a bug to fix, uh, definitely jump into our, our GitHub issues at Amplify UI. Just look up Amplify UI. Uh, oh, on GitHub, what's the organization? That it's under... A, I believe it's oh, under AWS. AWS. Okay. AWS. Uh, it's AWS dash Amplify. Okay. Yeah. There's AWS on GitHub, and then there's I guess dash Amplify. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the Amplify yep. tools. That's that's cool. That's one of the. I mean, to be honest, it's one of the things that, speaking personally, has sort of kept me away from AWS. AWS at times is memories of configuration and setup and how difficult that was. And so, <laughs> with a tool like this, that would certainly make things uh, much easier. Yeah. Well. Okay. We'll have. We'll definitely have the the URLs in the show notes. Yeah, we're definitely making that uh, much easier. I, I've heard the same thing. You know, some people tried AWS like five years ago or something, and they're like, gosh, I, I, I don't want to deal with doing permissions and, and this is confusing. And like, wow, we, we've come a long way from those days. And it's, it's funny, I still hear it every now and then. I'm like, man, that, that's kind of what we're trying to do in AWS, trying to make, just make things a little easier right, and better. Right, right. Amplifying. Awesome, that's, that's good to know. It's always good to see organizations one using open source but two doing it for to make the tooling a lot easier for high level developers like me hey folks if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages then you're in luck we're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after christmas 2020 without the ads signing up will help us pay for editing and production and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium all right, with that, we will move on to picks. I will go first. And as usual, I'll start out with the dad jokes as my mouse isn't working here, trying to switch some things. Oh yeah, I'm on two different computers. Okay, so with the dad jokes, the other day I was I was uh, doing some, some driving down the road and I happened to see something weird. It was a couple cows, you know, looking at me from behind some bushes. And I was like, what was that? And then I finally figured out it was a stakeout, you know. That adds to my my <laughs> list of cow jokes, like what do you call cows no legs, ground beef, cows two legs, lean beef, etc. So yeah. It's pretty good. So <laughs> for you mathematicians out there, what do you call a pumpkin's circumference divided by the pumpkin's diameter? If you think about it, what do you it's called pumpkin pie? You know, pie is <laughs> circumference divided by diameter. 3.14 ad infinitum. And then finally, the other day I went to my doctor, you know, just do a checkup and and I thought he was being really nice to me. He told me that uh, I've really grown as a person, but his exact words were, you've gained excess weight. <laughs> right. So anyway, my jokes for the day. And then one pick for me is, is I guess, news story that's been making the rounds. As of this recording, uh, two days ago, a federal judge rescinded the masking mandate on airplanes. And I am so very happy, along with many other people. And I'll leave that one at that. Eric, since we jumped on to the last minute, any do you have any picks you want to share with us? I just kind of thought of one while we're while you were talking. I've been watching a new TV series. It's uh, you probably haven't heard of. It. It's kind of niche, but it's called Outer Range. Yes, 
It's on. I've oh, seen it. I've been seeing it. it. Doesn't have. Was it? Is it Nick Nolte? Has Josh, Josh Brolin, Brolin in it? Okay. Yep. So it's kind of a science fiction television series on Amazon Prime, where it's revolved. It's kind of like yeah. a Western. Meets yeah, that's exactly sci-fi. what I was thinking of it. Yeah. So it it has some really weird. It's not like it's it has some like kind of unusual things happening, but it they it's like modern day, but they have they live in a ranch in Montana, I believe, and this big hole appears in the middle of one of their fields, and it has some mysterious properties, and some mysterious things are happening, and so I'm kind of digging it. I like sci- science fiction. I usually jump between different science fiction shows so i'm definitely gonna be watching this and see where it goes and just the first two episodes are oh out so only far. two okay so i thought it was fairly new i, I know i'd yeah. seen so many ads yeah yeah it looks yep. pretty cool yeah speaking of sci-fi I, I know i'm i'm a little late to the game here but my wife and my son got me into the disney plus stuff star wars stuff so the mandalorian and then i just finished watching the book of boba fett what's come out so far oh, nice uh this past week and uh i have to say it's it, it's really pretty good it's, you know, the bummer with a lot of these as compared to any sort of network show that we're so used to is the small number of episodes. So Mandalorian has two seasons and I think there's eight episodes in each one. And then the book above that, it's only one episode and it, oh, excuse me, one season, but seven or eight episodes. And the crossover between them is amazing especially in the last couple episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. I am looking forward to it. I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I watched all of The Mandalorian with my family. And then we haven't got far in The Book of Boba Fett, though. So, But okay. my, my wife and my, my 10-year-old son really wants to watch it all together, so I can't. I can't yeah, my, my, instant, my son has watched them. My son and my wife, he's, he's 11, and my wife's watching it. He was bugging me incessantly. Dad, we got to watch this again. Why don't I watch this again so we can watch it? <laughs> And if you're only two episodes into the book of Boba Fett, most of the crossover stuff happens in the last two or three episodes. I'll tell you that much. In fact, there's so much that a couple of the episodes I'm like, okay, where's Boba Fett coming back into this? But then the final episode of the Boba Fett is full on crossover. And it's it's really, really good too. the last episode and some of the it's it's good because you've seen how he ties everything together in his history and what happened at the end of Return of the Jedi for him and and. And all that kind of stuff. So, but it's, uh, it all ties together in, in episode seven. It's really good. So anyway, I'll leave it at that and try not to spoil it for you. All right. So with that, we will end this recording of Views on Views. Thank you so much, Eric, for jumping on with me today. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to everybody next time on Views on View. Take care. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.